0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the sixth episode. No, this is... No,
1: we're keeping it. We don't edit out. No, No. we don't edit. No No edit. No black tape. No black tape. We keep it. We keep it. We keep it.
0: I, I got really... in your head earlier, didn't I? Yeah, you did get in my head earlier, for sure. We, so we, we had a discussion we, about this. We
1: alternate who does the introduction, and we talked about it. I thought it was week six, so I thought it was Steve's turn. But Steve did the first intro in on episode one, so that means he gets all the odd numbers, I get all the even numbers, and then I completely borked it when I said it's week six, it's your turn. And so he's doing the introduction thinking oh my it's week God. six.
0: But it's... This is 100% your fault. I never would have messed that up on my own. There's no chance. Dude, I have to throw oh a little bit of a
1: to the problem it's (sighs) it's my
0: job of course man (laughs) well we're back with uh a relatively eventful week of things at first like when i was you know looking through our twitter and looking through our matches for the week i was like not a whole lot happened this week but that is from my biased league of legends perspective and when i actually look through the matches that we've had and the things that happened this week there's plenty to talk about so
1: yeah
0: our schedule kind of looks
1: a a lot longer than i was expecting it to especially (laughs) since we're not even playing yeah but like we've had like overwatch has two games going so they kind of like make up for the lost space
0: yeah the last two weeks uh if you've been listening in we've basically been saying overwatch was supposed to have matches this week but they got delayed and then again last week overwatch was supposed to have matches this week and then they got delayed so as a result overwatch had four matches this week or (sighs) between last week's recording and this week's recording uh so why don't we just get right into it i'll start off with uh with rocket league varsity as always um Two unfortunate losses this week. Uh, one loss was 2-3 to three, uh, versus Michigan Tech in NACE, which my understanding is that Michigan Tech is a really good team. So mm-hmm. a 2-3 loss is in the end of the world for that team. Um, and then a 2-3 loss versus Northwood Black in NECC, which, again, I don't know which team northwood black is because northwood is like a vicious rocket league school they have like four highly competitive rosters in the collegiate space so i think northwood black might be like their third team or something i'm not 100 sure but definitely not a bad loss uh we had an insane clip that we posted on twitter from that particular match that was uh like a crazy pass from stocks to max and then we posted that on twitter so definitely go check that one out and then Rocket League Academy uh, had a great week, uh, kind of like mirroring the uh, the week that Varsity had. They had a 3-2 win versus Minnesota Academy in Nace, uh, Minnesota Academy 2 in Nace Challenger, and then a 3-1 win versus Randolph-Macon uh, College JV in NECC. So, good week for Academy, not so good week for Varsity. Balances out for a clean 2-2 across both Rocket League teams.
1: But do you know what this means now? And what does it mean? We now have two teams that have lost to Michigan Tech.
0: Yeah. we. I, so Coach Long
1: I, is kind of facing the <laughs> furnace right now. Because he's just he's just able to be on blast. Poor Coach Long. Because of this. So
0: I think I talked about it before when Smash was playing against Michigan Tech. I've never seen Coach Long like watch one of our matches so intently. I mean, he watches them, but usually he's like at his computer watching the stream. Mm-hmm. He was like right behind the Smash setup when we were playing versus MTech, and it was the same thing for the Rocket League game versus MTech. He was like standing right behind Powder's setup, like going like ooh every, every time like there was a, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, he does
1: like a left arm cross with the right hand on the chin, and he like <laughs> and he. he... He like will always move his fingers to like match his mouth movement to like ho- like hover or hide <laughs> it in some
0: format. It's so funny to watch him. For Smash, we had an off week because uh, Tim, one of our players, is is in Florida for a conference for something, I believe. Uh, so we weren't able to play our match this week. We got a reschedule, so I think next week we'll probably have a double header to report on, which awesome. Uh, and then getting into Overwatch, we had a 3-0 win versus Concordia. Uh, and a 3-0 win versus Cleary, two convincing results for our WAC conference, and then, again, to kind of balance that out, in Blizzard Collegiate, which to my understanding, Blizzard Collegiate is definitely the harder of the two leagues that we're playing in for Overwatch, Mm -hmm. so it's not all that surprising, but we had two losses, one versus UCL and another versus the Mystery Machine, which is a hilarious name for a team. Uh, And we don't have any specific scores for that one, uh, for those games, they weren't really reported, uh, but but I'm assuming, you know, maybe they were close, maybe they weren't. Not I re- sure.
1: I really hope those players have had conversations like, "Hey, do we just change our names?" Because, oh, especially with, especially since
0: Overwatch Two is only a five-person game, <laughs> they don't have to have Scrappy Do. That's that's the that's the type of team where like i would constantly like i feel like on the league team all the time i don't know if other teams do this but on the league team all the time we're all like all right guys who's which avenger or like guys yeah. who is who is which character from x tv show like if your team name is the mystery machine you better know top to bottom who's shaggy who's fred who's daphne who's velma and who's scooby-doo travis which, is shaggy yeah and you're scooby-doo i'm scooby why am i scooby <laughs> like, What makes I... me scooby <laughs> I, can't, I That's something that I can't elaborate right now. <laughs>
1: oh, it's because I eat a lot. Okay, thanks, Steve. Wow. Uh,
0: and then for League of Legends, we had our second bye week in a row, which I believe next week is when our matches resume. So
1: nothing yeah. to report
0: on there
1: i think maybe two games maybe
0: yeah we're not 100 percent sure listen everything's in the air right us. now
1: so when you're hearing this podcast like either <laughs> we've already played a game or either we're not playing a game and hopefully we'll have one next weekend yeah, for i'll it. I'll, tell,
0: I'll tell you that if we have a double header and smash has a double header and rocket league has games and overwatch has games we're gonna have a lot to talk <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, that's a loaded
1: week. scoreboard right there <laughs>
0: All right, well, well, that that's all that does it for our for our just straight up match report for the week. Do you want to hop into highlight match number one?
1: Yeah, of course. So the one I'm going to go over is the uh, Overwatch uh, takes down Cleary, and so they are now two zero in WAC, which is really good. Love to see that. Uh, they took three maps, to Cleary's zero, and then the first one started off in Oasis, which Oasis is a, is a point capture map. Mm-hmm. They captured two points. So a, the way it works is the best of three. Yeah. And so they got two, and it seemed like it was just fine and easy for them. Going into the next map, which is King's Road, which is a point capture into an escort Mm -hmm. of the cart. Uh, 3-2 on that one. Uh, Cleary had a good attempt to get to the third point. Didn't make it all the way, and then uh, AQ was able to push the cart back. And then they go to Havana, which is another point capture, if I'm not mistaken. And then palm opens out the gate and just gets like four headshot kills immediately
0: yeah on on Widowmaker, i remember palm like palm was so excited they immediately came over to my uh to my pc like shortly after the match and was like look at this clip and i just watched it and i was like oh no i have i know what's gonna happen here Mm -hmm. it's like look at this insane flick that was really cool because palm is one of the newest players on the like actually playing in our official overwatch matches um and it seems like they're doing great in their matches. So, mm-hmm. and you probably heard
1: the name Palm because Palm has just been executive producer pretty much for us,
0: yeah, and for like the absolute
1: production goat. So everything, much love to Palm and fantastic games.
0: Mm-hmm. Match two. All right, so that covers match one. Match two. I think this might be the first time that I've highlighted um, uh, Rocket League Academy, but I definitely think they deserve it right now. Um, they are doing absolutely fantastic, and I'm going to highlight in particular their 3-1 win versus Randolph-Macon College JV, which was in NECC. So they lost Game 1, uh, which you never want to go down 0-1, and then they immediately just fired back with three quick games and finished up the series, which the key point that I want to highlight about this isn't necessarily the match itself, but I do want to highlight the fact that Academy is in a collective 4-2 and two, uh, across all of their matches over all of their leagues, which is a really strong start for this roster. And uh one of those two losses was their very first game in NACE. So essentially ever since that first match, they have gone four and one in their in their last five matches and they're kind of they're picking up steam, they're doing really well in a lot of their matches. And whenever I watch their matches, like I, I love hearing the Rocket League guys get hyped because usually it seems like Academy is playing their games at the same time that we have league practice, so you know, we'll we'll be playing and then I'll hear through one of my teammates Mike, like, Let's go mm-hmm. is is what they always do. That's really uh, hype. Having the Rocket League well. Gebs
1: right, right on the opposite side of us, it's just mm-hmm. nice hearing them. Because no matter what, like, especially since there's only three of them, it feels like they have enough noise to full, like feel the full roster of six.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like a disruptive noise. It's like every time I hear it, like I feel hype now. Yeah. I feel like I have to do something. It's it's,
1: it's good energy every
0: time. Mm-hmm. Good vibes. Good vibes. All right. So, uh, if we want to move on to miscellaneous news, Will, I'll let you open this one up. So I, don't
1: know, I don't know how many people follow uh, Coach Long that are listening to this, but if you do, you will uh, see a post that he made a couple days ago about the fact that he stubbed his toe pretty hard, and he was pretty sure it's broken, and I think we have confirmation that he did break his toe. <laughs>
0: he uh, what's weird is that he he's not like he's not like wearing a boot or anything around the lab so like i think he he just wrapped it and it's okay and he's waiting for it to heal but like the progression of the tweets was so funny because it was like i stubbed my toe i have never stubbed my toe this hard next tweet i I, like this feels really bad i think my toe might be broken third tweet my toe is broken (laughs) yeah it
1: it, it was it was a story in three pictures but like so And I I heard about this because my sister, she broke broke her toes in high school because she used to play volleyball and she, I guess, landed on her foot wrong or something like that. But your bones and your toes are so small that they usually don't wrap it because they heal so quickly because they are so tiny. Mm. But, like just hearing our director just start posting about broken toes
0: (laughs) i i was i was like not laughing because i'm like oh that sucks but then also like under my breath i was like giggling a little bit because i've stubbed my toe hard and been like oh that's a toe breaker but your toe never actually breaks like if you stub your toe hard enough to break it that's that's
1: (laughs) i want to say we need to create a mythos for it like, at just some point, like, there's just the mythology of the broken Coach Long Toe. <laughs> like, maybe he's just, like, he's going to always wear, like, big shoes and extra socks so that way he can hide the fact that maybe he's not missing his pinky toe. Or, like, he's missing a pinky toe now. Like, he went <laughs> to the bathroom one night and stubbed it on a coffee table and it's gone.
0: Stubbing your toes is the worst, man. <laughs> uh... Other news: the our Instagram uh, page, which you can find at Aquinas Esports, if you use Instagram, uh, is back online. Mm-hmm. Coach Long started up uh, more regular postings on our Instagram. It's been vacant for a while, uh, but now we're you know posting updates, posting news, posting when our matches are. So if Instagram is your preferred way of getting news, getting content, then I highly recommend uh, following us on Instagram. Uh, and then the last thing I have to talk about, which is a kind of like me-specific news, this isn't, I mean, I, I lump in under program news, but it was fun. Uh, so I've mentioned a few times on the podcast already how I work at the Writing Center on campus, which basically means if you have an essay and you need to bring it in to get work done on it, then, you know, bring it in and I'll and I'll talk to you about grammar or organization or whatever you want. I'll try to help you out, have a conversation with you. Uh, about a week back, I got a, a scheduling sent to my email that was like, you have a, uh, an appointment booked with steve garvey and for those of you who don't know steve garvey is uh is one of our rocket league academy players now i didn't know until steve came in that this was actually a duo appointment with steve and palm coming in to talk about an esports related business project with me so definitely the most fun consulting i've ever had we just kind of like talked about their project and and you know i i obviously helped them with some sentence structure and grammar stuff to make sure that it was all sound but also we just had a fun discussion about what their project is for their business class and like for me that was a huge validating moment for me of like you know i could be that person in the writing center where when you have to bring something in that's esports related and you know dang well that half the consultants or more than half the consultants would have no idea what kind of jargon you're talking Mm -hmm. about i can at least be there as someone to consult on that i'm the word guy
1: yeah it's nice seeing us like from the program perspective spread out a bit into different areas like that Mm -hmm. and so i actually i I remember because i think palm spoke to me a little bit about it but i didn't know about that you did consulting with it Mm -hmm. that's awesome
0: yeah uh so basically like for anyone who's interested like i don't want to i don't want to steal the full thunder of the project but it's like a it's like a high school esports to collegiate programs like recruitment program is basically a mm-hmm. recruitment like website slash service that they were that they were pitching for their business class and uh like the way that this works to my understanding is that you know if you're in the top 10 selected projects uh then you'll move on to the next round and you'll get to give like a public presentation to like you know big people mm-hmm. uh and then you know if you make it far enough then maybe you can get funding for this project so uh, I think it's super awesome that they did theirs centered around esports and centered around something that would help the collegiate scene, and I'm hoping that they're able to go far and that, you know, at least something I said in my consultancy was valid. <laughs> right.
1: Did you make sure to fill out the Google form,
0: though? Uh, I did maybe make sure to fill out the Google form. That's a Because people have been posting form. Google
1: forms like crazy
0: lately in the Discord chat. Oh, yeah, I, I filled out the Google form. <laughs> There, there have been some funny Google Forms where there's, like, uh, I remember, uh, you know, a little bit of a spoiler. In a few minutes, we're going to be having Christian on to interview Christian. But one of them was, like, someone posted a Google Form uh, for, like, a psychology project or, or, or one of their classes. And Christian tried to take it. And he was, like, I'm over the age limit allowed to take this form. <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing so hard. I was, like, poor Christian. They actually capped the age limit old man squad well i guess i uh, i mean that that's all the news we have for uh for all that so i guess it's time to bring christian in christian if you want to unmute your mic and say hello
2: <laughs> you got this working. i believe in you. the button all
0: right i think that's uh yeah
2: hello everyone
0: all right so i'll get i'll give your background as per usual uh based on my research and if i'm ever wrong in anything that i give here make sure to correct me so uh this week we have Christian, uh, Z ZDemonCake is, is your gamertag, Perez. Uh, so Christian is a senior studying business administration at Aquinas and plays for the Smash team. He went to Grand Rapids Community College for his first two years of education, then after taking a few years off, came to Aquinas College to continue his education. Uh, you played soccer in high school, being named as the MVP in 2014, which yeah. is something I never knew, uh, and has played other games during his time in Aquinas, such as Rocket League and Knockout City. <laughs> yeah, Which,
2: I do uh yeah, sorry to interrupt. I, I do also have the uh the Rocket League tag. Really? And I have access yeah, I have access to their uh exclusive Discord. So unofficial
0: section. unofficial substitute for the Rocket League team. You're good enough at Rocket League to qualify as as you know, playing for them. <laughs> so uh, to kind of get right into it, like how was it for you to return to the education system after a few years off? And if you'd like to tell that story in a bit more detail, uh, not only for us, but for everyone listening in, by all means, go ahead.
2: Um, it was a pretty interesting going back into education. I, it was always a plan. Um, my timetable, personal timetable, was to get back into finishing my degree by at least 25 years of age and it looks like I'm going to be hitting that at around 26 years of age which is totally fine like when we're, when we're talking about years it's all right but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely been very interesting especially going from full-time but now I'm work like still working gen- very some probably more than I should be working mm-hmm. while also maintaining school and athletics very it's very time-consuming, and <laughs> yeah. I I do a lot of my work at kind of what's the word I'm looking for unoptimally. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I I pile it on at the very end. Like I have a paper yep. do, I have a paper due this uh, Monday and a presentation final presentation. I haven't started. You know, after this, I'm going straight to work. Get out 10:30, and you know that's that's work time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man.
0: Well, I mean, uh, so my understanding is you said you, uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast started, and you said you actually started at Grand Valley?
2: Yeah, it was just for like one semester. Then I realized that, you know, for money's sake, I should uh, just go to GRCC or Grand Rapids Community College, you know, Mm -hmm. to avoid abbreviations on the podcast. And from there, I basically worked and went to school and paid my way through Grand Rapids Community College on my own. That's
0: awesome. And then and then, you know, after after those two years of Grand Rapids Community College, you you went back into the workforce for a while and then got hit up uh, when, you know, when you were already intending to kind of go back and, and try things again, you kind of got hit up by name dropped every single week on the podcast Adam Antor.
2: Yeah, that is correct. That <laughs> was a uh, plan to go to Grand Valley State University as that was my intended path of transfer um, for all my education then, you know, I got this opportunity to play in the eSports program, particularly for Smash, and mm-hmm. I also got, uh, when I mentioned Rocket League, and I was in, and during my recruitment phrase, uh, talks, I was like, oh yeah, I was uh, Champ 3 in Rocket League, I don't know if that means anything, but it, and I and I <laughs> went, in discussion in, during the recruitment process, I heard a little, oh really now? <laughs> what do you, what do you enjoy Smash or Rocket League? But I'm like, yeah, I think if this is a choose one or the other i think i'm probably best suited to be a smash player for the team for Aquinas.
0: <laughs> that was like that's interesting because i feel like we have three people on the podcast who are like good at one game and decent at another right because when i when i came into aq i was like you know obviously i had brawl but that's not a collegiate game so i didn't i wasn't really focused on that but i was basically like you know i'm good at league uh relatively but I also, you know, was good at Smash at my high school. I don't know how good I am at Smash outside of my high school, but I won every tournament that we had at my high school, so I'd love to also play Smash. And then, Will, to my understanding, you are also, you know, pretty decent at Overwatch, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I was a mid diamond tank, and I didn't even, I didn't really even play that much, but I got, like, trained by a top 500 Reinhardt player on how to <laughs> tank. And so, like, I filled in for Overwatch because they didn't have a tank over last summer. And so I was always just there for practices, and I've been, uh, tanking with, uh, uh, parker and he's just like why do you actually know these things <laughs> <laughs> you have no right to know these things. and yeah, it's hilarious exactly. because
0: you play majority tanks in league too so you just like you did a straight <clears throat> translation of your roles and i it, guess in it, fairness when i play overwatch i play dps and most of the champions that i play in league are dps characters and i play combo characters in smash i think i swear just, there's some sort of overlap
1: yeah no i think it's just like uh, like a stylistic preference that happens like even if we do it subconsciously but like like even with uh, Lost Ark, I started playing Paladin, which is like a kind of like tanky support character. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's I think that's always been my style. Yeah. Like like my history is definitely defined by like me being a Shen player. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm always interested in like players who have archetypes across different games, like that. Like where you play one game and like I was I was talking the other day to uh, to I think like Morgan, who's on our league team, and I, we were playing Smash, uh, and I was like I think. I have a hunch that if you took your average support player in League of Legends or your average top lane player and put them to play Smash, they would. you could limit a list of 30 characters and the majority of them will play one of those 30 characters. I don't know if that's true or not. How many I Smash
2: th- characters are there? There's like 80. Yeah, there's 80? like 80. Yeah. yeah, there's like 80 characters. Oh, when you said 30, I
1: was like, that's way too big of a net.
2: No, 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 no. Yeah, there are I, like 80 Smash yeah, characters. They're that's not, crazy. That's not even half.
0: So I feel like people have certain like archetypes and that people who gravitate towards certain roles in one game or certain characters in one game will also gravitate towards certain mm-hmm. roles or characters in other games. And I think that's something that's super interesting. And like, as someone who is like, in academic, you know, whatever, I, I, I do English stuff. I would love to do like a research paper on that and see if that's like an area where you can find any any sort of correlation.
1: I think mine might be a little off. <laughs> so I, I have two characters that I always play. And I'm curious if either of you can guess what two
2: I always played. For Smash? Yeah uh hmm. so also if um because i'm also being guessing here uh so well could you tell me like what characters are you typically main in league so
1: a bit my champ list right now that i usually play is like shen who is a big tank and he has a lot of global map pressure he's kind of like a ninja uh his whole idea is kind of playing safe and then going across the map to help the team out my role in a lot of uh, league matches is like, and it's a term I, I like to think I've coined, but I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere else. And I think it's used more uh, like around in other circles is losing gracefully. And so I think that's my, my job is to be like the sponge to absorb everything. Uh, another character is Orn, who's this just giant forge ram god character who just takes a bunch of hits and then calls down a giant ram with a horn and it just goes across the whole lane. Uh, another one's Mordekaiser, where I just take people into what I call uh, the chum bucket, where <laughs> I just go and fight them 1v1 and have a good time by myself.
0: All
2: right, yeah, because I, I, I am familiar with League, so I just wanted to like, get yeah. those names in.
0: So you said it doesn't really match up, like it doesn't really fit, but my guess based on that would be like, you would play DK. Would make sense to me.
1: I feel like DK makes sense for like a big frontline character like myself. Though. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. that's what I'm saying, make sense, but I don't yeah, think yeah, that's I have one what Yeah, that, I
1: think I have one that makes sense and one that doesn't.
2: okay.
0: Hmm. Christian, do you have any guesses for the Make Sense one? Uh,
2: that would... Uh, so, if you know, we're choosing has characters... has to be a heavy, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, you would think you he's playing a heavy character. You know, Bowser, Ridley, uh-huh. King K. Rool, you, know, some, you know, a big body. But if it doesn't, you know, directly correlate with that, um, I do have some guesses. You, you a pit player. No. <laughs> I no, tried I, to be, though. I tried I, to be a pit and dark pit player. All right. I'm going to break the. I'm just going to cast, like, to use Steve's term, I'm gonna cast the uh-huh. loose net here. Uh-huh. You either play one of the Fire Emblem characters or the Star Fox characters. So I used <laughs> to play Roy all the time.
1: Roy was one of my old mains. And then Star Fox characters. I played uh Falco. Falco. For you a would while. be a Falco
0: player. Of the three I was like you would be a but Falco player. But the two player. the two
1: that I main right now I think have been in the game since the first Smash game.
0: Dang. Yeah. Do Don't
2: tell me you're an S player.
0: Ness, oh, Ness is one God. of them, and the other, oh, one's no. Cap- the other one's
2: Captain Falcon.
0: Okay, yeah, I, think I can Falcon see Captain Falcon up to,
2: to yeah, I can See, it, the type only
0: type. the
1: one yeah. that I, I didn't want to give the champion name away, but if I would have said set, I think that immediately gives away Captain Falcon. Yeah, yeah,
0: they have a lot of similarities.
1: Yeah, they're just both high, run at you,
2: fight, punch.
0: <laughs> Sorry to derail the interview, Christian, but that was. That no, no, was only, it's totally
2: fine. This is enjoyable. <laughs>
0: Okay, so my second question, uh, which this is a question that I feel like was written with a with a mild amount of jealousy from me, and you can tell in the way that I wrote the question. So, as one of the few students who has been good enough at multiple games to compete in multiple of them, have you always been someone who's been naturally good at games, or do you just put the hours in?
2: Uh, that's a very good question, um, you know, kind of going back to my high school and you know, playing with them, you know, as most people probably play, you know, with their group of friends. Mm-hmm. I was the player that nobody wanted to play against. Um, if that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that uh, tells
0: me everything
2: actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was across, you know, like you said, of multiple games and I genuinely, if I enjoy a game, I've had this conversation, I don't know with you, but I guess mm-hmm. um, with some of the players in the smash team, I think with, uh coach long when he first came in we kind of a- had our initial mm-hmm. talks and if i enjoy a game i would like to be good at it not like super high level good just see how far i can get yeah and like learn the competitive aspect to try and like further improve upon mm-hmm. so whether that be fighting games um i was platinum and smite and <laughs> what sort word i'm looking for I I love how like uh, also like platinum smite PS4 because there's a difference between PC and you know consoles. Yeah. So you were like top 100 in Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Right? I, maybe if I put the if I put the uh, time in, I could probably be there. But I one of my favorite uh, I guess memories from there. I um. The way ranked characters in Smite worked, I had like a Diamond Nemesis and like a Platinum Amaterasu, mm-hmm. but that only factors in win rate. And right. because you, if you start new in like Smite ranked, it's easier, if you're a good player, it's easier to get, you know, wins. So like I, per that stat, I had like, I think I have a picture of it. I'm like, I was a top fifth I guess, you know, air quotes here. I was a top 15 Amaterasu and a, mm-hmm. a top, like a top five Nemesis player okay. based on win rate alone. But uh, you know, uh, the actual <laughs> the actual facts behind that are very skewed.
0: Um, oh man!
2: But again, like there's also multiple games I hit Onyx and Gears of War. I'm enjoying playing Fortnite. As what did you, you hit in, in the new Halo? I hit uh, high plat. Okay. No diamond. It was yeah. no, it was diamond. You we were hit doing diamond. well
0: in the first week. in Halo Yeah, too. yeah, we hit diamond, and you
2: know, as Not, you also know, Knockout City, knock City yeah. we hit diamond week one.
0: Well, we hit more than diamond. We hit like emerald, right?
2: The no, no, Diamond game, was... You hit Diamond Ruby. Diamond was the
0: highest. I hit Ruby, and then you guys hit Diamond. right? Yeah,
2: we hit Diamond.
0: Which which was the literal highest rank in the game on, like, the second week of gameplay. We just grinded the heck out of that game.
2: Yeah, yeah. so,
0: like, I feel like the reason I asked this question is because I relate to you a lot on this, where, like, I'm that guy as well, where, like, when we play Mario Party or Mario Kart during my game nights with my friends, I will no, no regrets, like, first place every single race and first place every time in Mario Party with... No, no regrets whatsoever. Like no remorse.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know you gotta.
0: It, it, other people,
2: it's other people's job to keep up. You know.
0: <laughs> true, true. All right, Christian. This is uh, this is uh, moving on to our two recurring questions. Uh, I don't know the answer to this one. Where does your screen name come from?
2: Uh, my screen name comes from. It's kind of like a joke uh, based on of an old friend I used to have. Um, it was like through an open MMO server mm-hmm. for a game called Tibia. I think you know, just super old base. Um, his name was Demon Pie. You know, like <laughs> hey, I, I decided to uh, make an alt character, just kind of like mess with him without really him knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just went with <laughs> Demon Cake, and it kind of just stuck around. You know, I kind I like it. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very unique. I never have to like worry about oh, you know, this name is taken, or oh, you got to put you know, and also uh, the little Z in there. I guess it's for you know being you know the old man
0: uh, i'm sure you can see
2: <laughs> I like what well I here pointed out, like, yeah you, get, I just, you, yeah, yeah, you can relate you can relate yeah. like yeah. online like yeah. back in the day you had x's and z's yeah, and we talked O's. about names uh, uh, we talked X-X-X about names X underscore left. 360 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know the z was a, a, a nice little aesthetic uh <laughs> change to it gives it. a little flair it gives a little flair and also maybe somebody is named demon cake and took uh-huh. that so yeah, i don't have to really worry about it
0: <laughs> nice nice Okay, what is your single most memorable experience so far from competing in esports at Aquinas?
2: I think uh, this is a little asterisk on it because you know the the Knockout City team was never formally recognized, <laughs> but I think that's my uh, my favorite memory it was just kind of shilling Knockout City like, hey, this is a fun game. It's just dodgeball. It's even though I think we as we kind of like learned about the lore. Uh huh. We kind of realize, you know, maybe this, you know, as it, it kind of glorifies like gang warfare, you know, because it's just like street brawling, and brawling is outlawed, and you're doing this probably trespassing.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's a game that's like it's basically like street dodgeball, like like no rules. It's three v three team based, and uh and and we just like for a while we were like, I, I think this was still when Coach Antor was around, right? Yeah. We, we were like bugging him. We were like. Coach Antor, can we please have a Knockout City chat? And then we were, like, typing in the Knockout City chat every day. We were like, there's a tournament today. Like, we're ranking up. We would hop on. Like, me, uh, Lemon, who's who's Andrew, and uh, and Christian would hop on, like, every day. And Travis was playing with us, too. And we were like, alright, we got a hit ranked. We would play, like, all day. Play versus, like, s- we were literally playing at, like, the highest level of Knockout City in the early days.
2: Yeah, we, we played against, like, the top trios uh, if we would run into them. And also, I, I gotta add a name in there, because uh, Alex like also mm-hmm. partook in Knockout City, but yes, but that was my favorite memory. And to go along with that, <laughs> getting not you know getting or ninth place at the what ten k tournament that they had the official tournament that they yeah. had for like the first month of the game. Mm-hmm. I think that was like very special. Yeah, um, I think it was at a hundred. I think it was like out of, out of 128 or 256 a teams. A lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of teams, and <laughs> like we got you know top t- a top ten placement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huge. so yeah i would say like that's definitely my favorite memory
0: awesome well that uh that takes us into our miscellaneous topics for the week which as usual christian will be sticking around to to give his input on these which is i mean one of these topics i've been saving specifically for christian because christian is our resident fighting game guy uh uh on campus i guess we didn't really talk about this this much in the interview itself but like You've been to Combo Breaker multiple times, which is like one of the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, one time. You've been yeah. to Combo Breaker one time, but you you have tons of cool merch from it at least. Yes. Uh, which is like the biggest Midwest like fighting game tournament, pretty much uh, in Illinois. And you've you've played other fighting games. You're good. You're you whoop all of us in Tekken whenever Travis uh, <laughs> challenges you in vain. I remember that. <laughs> Travis was so sad. I just tried so to basically there. Our first topic is, do fighting games have a place in collegiate esports? And I, I'd love to have you open this one up with, with your own...
2: With my own getting, input? Yeah. I do not believe fighting games have a space in collegiate esports. I, I guess um there's many fighting games, and I think that's... Unless you somehow agree, have an agreement to have one particular title, and I guess right now that title is... Smash. I think a few schools have like some fighting game players mm-hmm. that attend and get like formal recognition, but as a indi, like I would say industry, you know, collegiate esports, I don't really think it has one. And I guess we can use Smash Ultimate because that's the like, go-to one at the moment. Um, and the main format for that is crew battles. Mm-hmm. you sure you could have like round robin pools? between like several different pools and have a playoff structure but that really takes away for like what i believe is, is the highlight of collegiate mm-hmm. you know esports which is team-based um, inclusive having you know structure and easy to support because yeah. it's easy to support one one person like
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's easy to have like that support for one person but it's easier to support a team like i'm not t- i'm not tuning in to the league of legends ro- uh, game on stream and it's like oh man i'm just gonna watch exclusively uh, uh, I forget it, uh evan uh, yeah. and namwin you know yeah. not, he, he's the jungler and you know I'm, i do a bit of jungling myself that's my preferred <laughs> role and so i'm not gonna just tune in and just say i'm just gonna track the map and just watch him you mm-hmm. know I, I, I'm, also, I'm watching the team and all the aspects of it. I'm not going to watch Rocket League. I'm going to see what kind of hype play that, you know, not Lemon or Lime, yeah. not a Lime can pull us off. I'm just going to focus on him. I'm watching the team, but mm-hmm, like yeah. for fighting games, it's just one person. Yeah. And it can be, And you know, that's fine and all, but it really takes away from like, if you have a roster of players, you can see their individual performances, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it's the same. And for Smash Ultimate, I think if it geared towards doubles, a two v two, it's easier to support. You know, teamwork, strategy, mm. um, and doubles is a, is a format in which everything you know about it's it's a bit it's a different game fundamentally. It's a different game, yeah, it's a different it's a different game fundamentally from of one v one, and players who aren't necessarily good or or up against a tougher opposition, they can have a chance depending on how you strategize against it, like equal or better opponents.
0: Yeah, and the, I think the problem that you run into, right, is that if you do center collegiate smash around doubles like the realistic situation of it is that not many people play doubles <laughs> seriously. I mean, singles is the focus of almost every single smash player. Um and so doubles is often seen as like a side event. If you watch a big tournament, doubles is usually concluded by the second day and then on the third day of the event they have, you know, the singles bracket conclude. Uh, So it, it definitely takes the backstage, and even, like, if we're taking this whole umbrella of fighting games, like, Smash having crew battles and doubles is extremely unique. Every other fighting game, pretty much, unless I'm forgetting any off the top of my head, but most other commonly played fighting games are strictly 1v1. Which kind of raises the question, if you have a team of players, how do you get a successful team competition? And if you're not having a successful team competition, then what is the point of having a team in the first place?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And especially because also fighting games are just player dependent. You can have yeah. a coach, you can have someone feeding you the information, but it's up to the individual player. And I guess this also works with everything, like having VOD review sessions and like for League, mm-hmm. breaking down. But I think having a fast pace, you know, having a fast-paced uh, game in which you're constantly making choices and having to study, like, at least 80 matchups, and, I mean, if you're going to break it down, you probably have at least 30, 40 relevant matchups. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you said about crew battles, like, you can run crew battles in any game. It's been done before, especially, mm-hmm. like, if you hear stories about regional crew battles between, let's say, a famously North Cal, South Cal, and, like, Mm -hmm. the arcade days um you can take you can also apply that but it also kind of goes to another point i have that's against i guess the crew battle format is you can in a crew battle format you can just have one player that's miles above yes everyone else and essentially like it's their, their game plan a team one team's game plan can just be like hey let's just throw them out and if Let's see how many stocks it can take. And then after that, let's just wonder about the strategy after that.
0: Yeah. Because
2: um, like... you can have one player take seven, eight stocks. I've been on, we've been on the receiving end of 12 stock games. Yeah. Um. So it's like.
0: I mean, like, and, and you say this, like, almost the way you phrased it is like, you could do this, but this is also something that like genuinely does happen all the time. Yes. It's like, you, one school will play against another school where one, one of the two schools just has a player who can compete at a semi-pro level in in smash or something like that and then they will just roll through the entire enemy roster and at that point it's not even a team competition yeah it's literally just who of the two schools has the best player collectively yeah i never thought about the
1: fact that you could show up to a crew battle and not play <laughs> yeah. yeah oh no this happens all the time Yeah, no, yeah this is very long. common <laughs> yeah i didn't think about like i never put that in my in, in my mind because like when looking at like our smash scores like it always seems like oh, all of our players play and they it gets uh-huh. relatively close but, like, you could literally, like, you were just saying, like, some guy just takes eight stocks and the next guy just has to take four or more and then the game's over.
0: Yeah, and then two like, of your players don't even play. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, like, I'm a commuter. Like, if I just drove, like, 25 minutes to be here at school to compete and then I just get to go home right after. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I get to stay at home. Uh, you got a classic go team.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. He's <laughs> go like,
1: good job, guys. We did it. Let's go get food or something. Yeah, let's celebrate <laughs> our, our win, smile.
0: <laughs> and, like, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, me and christian have talked about this a little bit and to kind of touch on like uh, what you were talking about earlier of like i think that fighting games at their core are far more feel oriented than any other game being played at the collegiate level like league overwatch and rocket league and uh, even like valorant might start collegiate competitions soon like all those games have a knowledge component to them that is very important and it's something that a coach as an outside observer someone who knows a lot about the game can kind of come in and and benefit you a lot on the knowledge perspective while you focus individually on your feel of the game right your mechanics your stuff like that but for smash and for most fighting games i really feel like if you don't put in the time individually as good as your coach might be there is nothing that your coach can do to force you to put the reps in and develop that feel for the game and that's why like me and christian have talked a lot about of like fighting games are at their at their core like an individual pursuit of improvement i think
2: like, i agree i definitely agree yeah. with that and i think um a lot of uh well-known fighting game players have even touched on that like hey you know i don't practice to win tournaments i practice for self-improvement and if i do win tournaments that's just just like I yeah. See yeah. it's, just it's a auxiliary yeah that, yeah
0: yeah and i think like that at its core is why i have trouble with like collegiate fighting game teams or just even that idea and uh, like the way that I see collegiate fighting games working, because I do think there is a way that they can work, but I think it's a, a way that we don't really have access to right now with the resources that most eSports programs are getting, is basically uh, you you have a player who you, you sign to your program, they compete as an individual, and you essentially, you you front the bill for traveling to these LAN tournaments, which is the pinnacle of fighting games. Of any fighting game is these big LAN tournaments where you compete and you run through the bracket. And they they wear your school's jersey. on If they ever play on stream, I would compete as like AQ Stevenator. I'd be wearing the jersey. I'd rep the school. And basically, it would work like a sponsorship. But, you know, your sponsor is your school. I think mm-hmm. that is feasibly the only way that would make sense to me. For collegiate fighting games working. But the problem is that it's expensive.
2: Yes, it's very expensive. And I do agree with you. But it's also, you got to think about the benefits. And I guess also um, having a good enough player to want to sponsor for that, because you're creating engagement with a direct community of maybe similar age players. You're getting your name out there at local tournaments. And you're also like showcasing, like, hey, this is what we can do um, and generate interest for your school's program.
0: Right. Because, like, yeah, imagine you go to a local and you, you win your local, like, repping AQ, and then, like, the second place player is like, well, I'm a high schooler. I'm, I'm like, I'm, like, 17. I'm looking to go to college. Like, their first thing in their mind is probably going to be Aquinas, right?
2: Yeah. And, like, like, it feeds into itself. And, you know, the difference between Smash and, I would say, a traditional fighting game, the Smash scene is re- still, like, relatively young and college student age. Mm-hmm. A few outliers on, like, the older side. But, like, traditional fighting games it's more like a, well, of an older demographic of yeah of people i think who... it's like i
0: feel like it's like late 20s and 30s
2: like like yeah, late especially 20s 20s with and 30s. like street fighter
0: and stuff like that the the scene is starting AQ, to age.
2: mortal Kombat.
0: but i mean uh, let's talk about we, we talked about this very briefly uh before the podcast just having like a discussion uh while we were setting everything up but like project m no, Project L, L Project, L. Project L. L, I got it wrong again. <laughs> Project L, which is Riot Games' fighting game, has the potential to essentially indoctrinate a whole new younger audience into fighting games. And to me, that presents itself as a huge opportunity for collegiate esports and for
2: everything, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I do agree. Um, and I think that's like... I th- some people in the fighting game community believe that we're entering the new golden age of fighting games now that mm-hmm. developers are putting in rollback net code yeah and, like improving just online experiences because that's how we, we have to play the game mm-hmm. nowadays and like tr- like fighting game locos i think really depend on where you where you live yeah you know uh, I know it's relatively small here in Grand Rapids, but like New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, major cities, you know, don't really have that problem of having offline tournaments. Yeah. But Project L, I think is, it can go two ways. It's either going to be like a super, well, either way, it's going to be a super success. I yeah. just saw right off the bat. Um, but let's take a look at Guilty Gear Strive. I'm sure yep. it was all over Twitter. People love the aesthetic. People are interested in this but you know despite having you know a very good tutorial that showcases you know the game's execution and the compli- and it's complicated mechanics such as mm-hmm. um the several different types of cancels with your burst meter it's how do i get my new player to not feel bad about losing
0: yeah is <laughs> mm-hmm. always the problem with any fighting game yeah. i mean I would bet you that if you're someone listening in who has played fighting games before, but doesn't, you know, hasn't played played fighting mm-hmm. games like at a competitive level, your experience is probably playing fighting games, getting your ass kicked because that's kind of how fighting games work. Yeah. And then not wanting to play again.
2: Yeah, or you or you kind of like just play with your friends, or and you kind of have like this preconceived experience, like okay, this is how like two regular people kind of play, and then you see you run <laughs> online or you go to your local tournament and you get put in the corner and you just don't play the game and it's like man that I I showed up and I didn't get to play the game mm-hmm. yeah
0: and that that's not like that's not like a
2: <laughs> that's just that's com- clear, that's common
0: yeah that's not that's not a theoretical or that's not a uh... Like symbolic, you didn't get to play the game, as in like you were getting destroyed. Like this is literally in a lot of fighting games, you can get put in the corner and be blocking until you lose the game. Yeah, you never get a chance to go on the offensive.
1: Well, like have either of you looked at the uh, the Demon Slayer fighting game? I haven't. Uh, I've seen it. It, it so kind it's of looks like,
2: like Naruto Ninja Storm. Yeah, it's like uh, a, I don't Yeah, like I don't this, really pay attention to arena fighters. Well,
1: it's like a three it's like yeah, it's like the it's a 3D one, 3D uh, like fighter, but like there's literally a character and I, I haven't really watched the show, but there's a character that has eyes on his hands and he shoots arrows at people mm-hmm. and like my buddy was playing him online, and because of how the network worked and all that, he literally just kept everybody, like, against a wall, and, like, circling the entire time. He would do this combo, it would hit them, and he would do, like, a ground attack, and it would, like, travel underground and then knock him up, and then he would just repeat it. Like, they could not move at all. And, like, I don't know if you have much experience with um, any of the Mortal Kombat games, but there's a character named Ermac... And he was really busted in one of the old <laughs> Xbox ones. And you could literally make it so no one could ever get within, like, five character models of you. And you could just keep picking them up, throwing them down, throwing them away off of the screen. And then they would have to come back, and you'd repeat the process. Because mm-hmm. it was just like an auto-lock magic grab.
2: Yeah, I don't... Uh, I'm I don't really uh, play, have... I don't really play the other realm games, uh-huh. but I do have experience with similar mechanics. Um, I played Marvel versus Capcom uh-huh. 3 Ultimate, and Team Fighters are known for they, their chaos and just—if you get hit one time, your character is dead. Yep. Uh, and you know, some characters like Morgan have a ability to create a clone of themselves behind the enemy, mm-hmm. and sure, you don't have to like worry about like blocking in both directions because you just block in one main direction, you block both of them. But as she's attacking and making a wall with, you know, fireballs and, you know, cross-directional uh, fireballs, horizontal fireballs, and you're also having that space behind you mm-hmm. negated, she's also building meter. Yeah. And then there's also, like, um, you know, X-Factor, you know, which is basically you cancel and you can cancel anything you're doing and you gain, you gain a bonus to speed, attack damage. It's very busted.
1: Yeah. And it's...
2: some characters like Dormammu have you know, you can you, have, you can use a special which is like a huge fireball that tracks you slowly, but he also has like a pillar of aura that he spawns from the ground and it's, it covers the entire ground and space above you. Mm-hmm. So you can't jump in. And yeah. because he if he's X factor and it has that on the screen and it's doing all this major chip damage, you're not getting in and you're unless you're perfect guarding everything which the system it was fairly easy to do that your character's dead
1: yeah that's so that's yeah. so crazy I played like one Marvel versus Capricorn game and I think I got smoked and I was like I'm done
0: <laughs> and yeah I mean that's that's like at its core is one of the most difficult things about collegiate uh, fighting games is that like the skill discrepancy between players who know what they're doing and players who don't is brutal. I always will be.
1: I literally saw this topic on our, uh, our script real quick, and then I was like, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be crazy. I'll be witty, and right when we bring up the topic, I'll just go, no, I don't think it should. And then I was like, oh wait, everybody else has that opinion
0: already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because fighting games are cool. Fighting games are an
2: integral part yeah, of esports. They're, they're, I just don't think they fit. They're yeah, fun uh, to watch. Don't get me wrong. I'm super glad I have the opportunity yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to do this, but like I. I don't really believe in
0: it. Yeah. But but I'm happy
2: I have the opportunity. Yeah, there's a
1: certain, like, distinct realism that you have to have. Like, you have to look at it objectively like it's not really a team thing that's going on. I I would love to see, like, doubles, like you talked about earlier. I think doubles would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I've always had friends when we played Smash, we would do, like, 1v1s for a little while. And then we'd be like, okay, let's actually have fun. Like, (laughs) let's not watch, like, we have one person in my friend group who just smokes everybody else. Or, like, him and his brother would smoke everybody. And we'd just like, all right, we'll just do doubles. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I mean, I feel like we had a solid discussion about that, uh, which brings us to our, our next topic, uh, our last topic of the episode, which is uh, collegiate esports and like their value as an opportunity for continuing education students. So yeah, like and... for those of you who aren't familiar with the terminology, because I wasn't initially mm-hmm. familiar with this terminology, continuing education is basically like... Does it have to be that you've done any college before or can it be like basically you stopped after high school? I think it means you stopped after
1: high school because going to going to college means that you're continuing your education technically speaking in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But when you're someone that took years off like gap year or whatever, you are now going to continue your education. So I think it just means that when you decide to go to college, no matter – like if you had a break, then you are moving on to that.
2: Yeah, I, I'm agree I'm gonna agree with, here with will on the terminology. it's more so like yes like you become a college student you know after high school or maybe two years after that or whenever you decide to enter but then if you take like a gap year or you know you're not in the system for a semester two semesters you know mainly a year two years is probably common mm-hmm. and you going back with your credits that you still have earned and you're still applicable. You're now a continuing education student, Mm -hmm.
0: and and my understanding is, you know, I don't know how much support most colleges have for continuing education students because my uh, like just thinking about it off the top of my head, I think it would be pretty challenging to get the same level of scholarships as a continuing education student as opposed to a student who's coming straight out of high school with test scores and GPAs and like recency, recent things that you can show for you know who you are as a student. And stuff like that and especially just you know being known and finding a college to to go to Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh i'd imagine that there's some reluctancy on the part of the college and so the point being that like you know as much as we talk about like in esports you know uh, once you're 30 you're you're no longer viable as a competitor or whatever which you know to go back to fighting games for a second fighting games are definitely uh, this one scene that disproves that theory yeah uh but uh it provides an opportunity for people who might have a tougher time getting back into the education system to basically just hop right back in and get scholarship money as well for something that they're good at and something that they enjoy. And I think mm-hmm. that's great.
1: Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh,
2: for, for my experiences with uh, having – coming back to collegiate or as a continuing education student and finding resources, I would say that uh, I had – Pretty good resources available to me. I did go to like you, I, we mentioned earlier. I did go to Grand Rapids Community College, so I, they pulled up information from that. So I do I did receive a mm-hmm. academic scholarship on top of the esports scholarship. So that was very nice. And because I am 25, uh, you know you can still fill out FAFSA. Although when you're 25, regardless of your home situation, you are considered considered independent. Mm-hmm. So you qualify for independent status on the fastwas form.
0: Right. Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Uh, it's a good... It depends. It depends. <laughs> like for someone like me, it's a good thing because you're eligible, because I'm a part-time worker. Uh-huh. I'm eligible for more mm-hmm. money, more financial right. assistance. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then for me, so I graduated 2017 and I went to GRCC for a semester and then I didn't go... To the uh, winter semester, mm-hmm. so I did one semester after graduating, and then I went to AQ Fall twenty twenty. So I had about three years. But when I filed FAFSA, I had to do the same process. Even though by the time I went to AQ, I was renting out, not living with a parent at the time. Mm-hmm. But because of how some of the systems are still set up, I think I still had to declare myself as a dependent. Right, and so I actually got the same, uh, like grant scholarships or whatever you want to call them. When I was at GRCC, that also came here now, right? To uh, to Aquinas, and then plus athletic scholarship now. Mm-hmm. So That's the system nice. for me has been relatively the same, which has been nice. But mm-hmm. and like I've had professors, and we talked about uh, Professor O2 earlier. Yeah. But uh. I always made jokes about it last spring that I was like, yeah, I I know I feel a little out of place just because I'm the old man in the room. (laughs) Like it's really awkward having like a freshman or first year experience class. And the teacher like jokes about drinking a beer. And he's like, Oh, none of you can do that. And I go, what's your favorite? Oh, that's (laughs) (laughs) like just being able to do that. He's like, what do you mean? Like you shouldn't tell your professors that you're drinking at 18. I was like,
2: 22. (laughs) I was like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. If I'd like to uh, uh, chime in here. Yes, I I do have experience like being the old man of the group. Um, Although I blend in very well with all the other college students. Everybody (laughs) does not believe me when I say I'm 25. Uh You're 19, Christian. You're 20. You know, that's about it. Like, I'm like, no, no, I'm 25.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, the... Another discussion that this kind of feeds into, by the way, is you know I, we're gonna have to keep it brief on this because I think this discussion could could have its own individual like full discussion with you yeah. know, research done on it and stuff like that. That's but a, it's
1: that's a coach long interview.
0: True, but it's the basic idea of like if continuing education students are supported in the esports collegiate esports ecosystem. Are players who have previously gone professional, you know, players who, which in esports is pretty common, go straight from high school, don't go to college, compete for a few years, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe at max 10 years, and then they end their competitive careers, and now they're like, I want to get a college education where do we lie on those players playing in collegiate esports like imagine I, I used this example earlier but imagine like lebron james goes straight from high school to the nba and then plays for 20 years and then after that he's like i wanted to get a degree in business administration and then you know tries to go to a co- college and play for their college team like is that okay
1: all right we should do we'll do a round robin so i'll point and you say yes or no steve
2: yes no. Well, no. actually, wait. I should, I, I, so, are you supportive? I am supportive of professional players playing collegiate.
1: Okay. I am as well, actually. Okay. Because I think it makes the scene more exciting. And for me, like, personally, I don't think I'll ever make it into a pro scene in, mm-hmm. in the aspect of being a player. I'd love to be management, coaching, or whatever, some aspect of that. Yeah. But, like, when I, like, if we have the opportunity to go against, if I ever get the opportunity to go against Niles, like, mm-hmm. to me, that is hype. That's yeah. awesome. I don't even care if I get destroyed. I remember us screaming last year, and I had to go against Kwas and He was a former over, professional yeah, former player. former professional league player. And I, I got, like, ripped in half, and I was over the moon the entire set. <laughs> like, I just... I, I I love that. I love that they're coming back, and I love that... Like, I got to meet special because of college.
0: Mm, which,
1: special is yeah. also a former pro player. He, he was, was playing
0: professional League of Legends when I was a child.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so... It's nice seeing that there's still these avenues for these people, and I think it's fair because I don't think denying people an opportunity is fair. Yeah, I agree. Like, just because they were really good at something doesn't mean that they should, like, legitimately be denied education. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that is, like, fundamentally and morally just wrong.
0: And as someone who strives to be the best at, like, their craft – like, I strive to be the best at League of Legends that I can be. I strive to be the best at whatever other games that I play that I can be. I see no problem with playing against the literal best of the best because that's exactly. just an avenue for me to get better. And I think that anyone who complains otherwise is scared.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, and so I think we've talked about it is that, um, um, if you're going up against people that are better, then you're going to have a better chance at learning from them and then
2: getting better yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, i I'm kind of following that same boat, you know, you've hit on, you've both hit on uh, those p- main points of like getting the chance to play a high level player, being better and trying to better yourself. And it's just good competition will breed better. You know, good yeah. competition breeds better competition. Exactly, And it's whether or not you want, like Steve said, either you're going to be scared or, you know, and to deny or you don't want to put the work in Yeah, or mm-hmm. you don't want to put the work in, or you want to see how, like, as you said, uh, well, you kind of want to see how it goes. Maybe you hold your own and, you know, as you kind of hit on those points and I kind of tell, you know, people, whoever I'm teaching, whether it be, uh, I also coach a uh, smash team you know, for high school mm-hmm. and I kind of tell them like, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, and kind of what encouraged me to pursue finding games competitively, I guess at the very start of my competitive, uh, quote unquote career, mm-hmm. um, it's like these players are relatively around my age and all they're doing is pressing buttons in a sequence of, in a sequ- in a specific sequence, I can do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, at the end of the day, they're just pressing buttons in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Sure, like the, me- the mental thing and the knowledge is different, mm-hmm. but mechanically, but like the you ability. can do this, you can, mechanically, you can probably do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that they
0: are doing that you are physically incapable of. So Travis brought this up to me,
1: and I think it was, it was last fall, and he was talking about how, like, watching LCS for, like, Pro League, it's. A very different experience than it used to be because now he'll look at a combo that someone does and he goes, "Oh, that's not that crazy to see anymore." Yeah, because I can do I that. can do
0: everything yeah. that they're doing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's like I can do what they do. It's just it's just applying the knowledge. It's applying the ability yeah. rather than doing the
0: ability. And, and so, as as a final comment on this uh, on this topic before we close things off uh, for 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 this episode, I think that uh, overall it's an extremely positive thing because it brings in the fan bases that these players have and it decreases the distance between collegiate and pro, essentially. Yeah. And and it makes that it makes that decreasing distance extremely clear to anyone who gets the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's assuming that you do keep it close. Sometimes, you know, it'll have the inverse effect where you will play against a professional player in collegiate and you'll be like, okay, that's why they're a pro and I'm not. Yeah. Which I think is also good because it gets it gives everyone an idea of where they stand. It it, it intermingles between the do between the two different scenes. And if collegiate ever wants to be a legitimate pathway to pro, which I got to put on the list as something that we have to talk about mm-hmm. at some point because that's a very hot topic as well in collegiate esports. Is is it a real to- uh, pathway to pro? But if we want it to be at some point, then we really have to make that.
1: It's like a reality thing. check. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good way to put it. But yeah, I think that's all we got for today.
2: Yeah, that's, thank you that's very our, much. Thank that's you very much, our... Christian, for
1: coming on today.
2: Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it, was a a it was uh, uh, a <laughs> pleasure. Yeah,
1: I really thought the... Uh, the fighting games do they belong in college we're gonna go so different
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no we tended to agree on literally both the the hot topics right well now,
1: yeah so. like i was like oh i'll be different i'll say no it doesn't and then i was like oh okay and then i started realizing what group battle really was and i was like oh i wouldn't like if i like if i was the last person to go like the anchor i'd would, i would probably never play <laughs> uh
0: so as usual follow our twitter at aquinas esports uh follow us on twitch.tv slash aquinas esports now this week i get to say follow us on instagram as well at aquinas esports uh, if you enjoyed the episode, want to have discussion about it, use the hashtag AQDIFFTAG on Twitter to discuss, and uh, you can at me and Will, which you can find me at steemonator546.
1: I am at hiarmorclass, H-I-armorclass.
0: And
2: I'll toss it over for our guest today for his Twitter. Yeah, my Twitter is at uh, ZDemonCake, you know, just a little Z, and then demon cake spelled normally. And that's all we've got for you guys today. So uh, see you later. Catch, catch everyone next week.